the DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. that high note but the rest of it was pretty good welcome into another edition of manly by nature here on the dbn network i am manly and loving it aka sway um if you only have i mean it's pretty unlikely but if you've only listened to this show manly by nature you know you're not wrong but we do have other shows do a little um, cross uh, I was going to say cross pollination but I don't think that's right cross promotion or maybe it's just promotion I don't know for the other shows here yeah I've been listening to the other shows checking them out and I would recommend them to you good thing we have here at the DBN network is we have shows of varied varying links and approaches um, if you like my show, which my show is, I try, I'm trying to keep it shorter. Like last year when I was doing the show, I was doing more like an hour to two hours. Now I'm trying to keep it more about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and my show, really, the approach is not a uh, super analytical breaking down Browns news and analysis. It's more of a Browns fan talking about his experiences with the Browns, following the Browns, and, and other life things that I feel like talking about in kind of a stream of consciousness kind of thing, which could be tedious, but luckily I have uh, amazing natural charisma, so it works. So we also have a shorter show, like if you like that easily digestible short show format we have straight no chaser hosted by Thelonious 7 i've recently listened to it and i am enjoying it. it it even kind of fits like it's a good it's a good one to pair up with manly by nature because you got straight no chaser manly by nature the kind of like rhyme ish right straight no chaser manly by nature uh, it works it works well so if you know if you gotta do some if you got yoga class to do and you need something to kill an hour there you go. Listen to our two shows back to back. If you like kind of the more traditional, uh, you know, contrived, one might say, <laughs> kidding, show of you know two two hosts bouncing things off of each other and butting heads on opinions, we have a couple shows for you. Absolute Browns featuring Darth Batman, who dun dun dun. Who when I when I hear Darth Batman, I guess it's because it's rhymes with Garth. I don't know if. Darth, I don't know what you look like, buddy. I don't know if you look like a nerd. You're in the military, so that scores you some cool points, right? But when I, when I hear Darth Batman, in my head I picture Garth from Wayne's World wearing a Batman costume and a big Darth Vader helmet. That's just what pops in my head. And we also, on Absolute Browns, co-hosted by Big Town Brown, the number one Brian Hoyer fan on all the internet. At this point, probably the only Brian Hoyer fan on all of the internet. Let it go, buddy. Move on. If that show doesn't, you know, if that doesn't satiate you, you need more co-hosted activities. We've got Browns, Booze, and most notably BS, hosted by, which I just found out, Dogs by Nature official writer, Robo Dog, and the my favorite name to say of the co-host Sky T not Scotty that's Star Trek but Sky T Sky T Sky T gotta get that pause right so check those out if you want something a little longer and then if you want something really long like man I've gotta rake all the leaves in this giant field I need to listen I can just put on headphones listen to this monotone voice just blah 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 at me and know that I you know I can just zone out You get, we got our man, the one and only Easy Weave, and his show, Easy Does It, which I've listened to a couple times because I've been on it a couple times. Easy does a great job. Does anybody know where the, the he got that dumb name from, Easy Weave? It sounds like the name of a product from a late-night infomercial on BET. Introducing, from the makers of the vacuum cleaner haircut thing that sucks hair up as it cuts 
Introducing Easy Weave, the new weave installing and removing product from Mattel. I think they make toys, but... Tired of spending hours and hours sitting in chairs, spending hundreds of dollars having weaves put in and taken out. No moss! With the Easy Weave insertion of weaves. Is it called weaving? (laughs) Weaving is a snap. With our easy, breezy, sleazy, weavy, unweave system, you can also remove your weave at home. Cleanup is a breeze. Three easy payments at $29.95. May cause abdominal pain, bloating, and anal leakage. Not sure why, because this is a weave product, but we have to report these things. So we've got those shows, so check those out after you listen to mine all the way through, of course. In just a minute, we're going to talk about, or not we're, I'm going to talk about the state of the Browns, what I think about it, and what you should think about it, because I know better than you. Um, If you have any questions for me, I would appreciate it. I would love to be able to do a little Q&A section on the show every week, so if you have a question about Browns, about anything... Just go to the article of this show on dogsbynature.com, leave a comment, say I have a question for your Q&A, blah, 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 and I will answer it. I appreciate your support. If uh, if you were listening the other week, so I kind of had another aggression incident. I don't know what's going on with me. I, I don't know if I'm, I got a mineral deficiency. I need some more vitamins. I don't have enough B12 or vitamin C. I don't know. But I've been a little, a little angry lately. I feel, I feel like I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. But um, you know, as I talked about the other week with the airport incident, I got a citation and I kind of lost my shit with the uh, police officers there. Which, to be fair, you know, what really made me mad about it was that, you know, I said that it wasn't, it wasn't ethical and it was chicken shit because he gave me the ticket without explaining what I was doing wrong. Let me clarify there. All right. If you run a red light and a cop pulls you over, he does not have to explain to you that running a red light is illegal, right? Because in order to get your driver's license, you have to pass a test, and part of that is, like, understanding that you can't just drive through red lights. You know, or if if, if you're stabbing somebody, I don't need the police, you know, the police officer doesn't have to say, hey, stop stabbing that guy, stabbing is illegal. It's illegal to stab, stop! You know, just just shoot, shoot me, stab, uh, kick me, tase me, whatever. But when you're at an airport and you're in a normal passenger loading zone and there's no signs anywhere that says anybody, there's no special parking zones and you're not part, you know, I wasn't parking in like a handicapped spot or one of those spots that's like official use only or anything like that. It was just a normal, it wasn't a parking spot. It was just a loading, passenger loading zone. So all he had to say was, sir, you can't park here. You got to move. If you don't move, I'll write you a ticket. And I would have been, okay, didn't know that. Thanks. And I would have moved. But he started writing the ticket before even saying a word to me. And that's what made me so mad because, I, you know, and also is that he knew that I was just there doing my job. I'm just driving for Lyft. And, you know, he, he said something to my passenger, but he didn't say anything to me. And it's just a dick move, you know, to start writing somebody a ticket that's just doing their normal job. Like, just tell them, hey, you can't be here. But he had decided because, you know, he had that... Like I said, he had that short man thing. He had that, like, look and walk about him and stature. Like, he wanted to be a Marine but didn't make it or something. And I think also, yeah, because I'm I'm a big guy. I'm 6'6", six, six, two, like, 285. I haven't weighed myself lately. But, you know, I'm, like, basically the size of Joe Thomas. And my passenger said that when I got out of the car, his eyes, the, the cop, his eyes got as big as saucers and he took a step back. He, he wasn't expecting this giant man to come barreling out of the car because I got out of the car briskly (laughs) I exited I exited with fervor I was angry and you know but at first I was just I mean I may have cussed right out of the bat I don't know but I mean I I, I don't remember you know I wasn't looking at it I was just like I was just you know I was basically just saying what what is going why are you writing me this ticket why why have you not told me anything why aren't you speaking to me hey why the fuck aren't you speaking to me and then you know so and that's i don't appreciate the whole thing where cops some cops i have a lot of respect for police officers all right i don't just go around cursing out police officers 
That's the, like I've only gotten one moving violation ticket in my entire life. I've had a driver's license 17 years now. All right, I'm 33. Good God, 17 years. Got one speeding ticket, and I got a parking ticket in college because I parked. I was late for a final exam, parked in a spot that I wasn't supposed to be in. Got a ticket for it. I got a ticket in San Francisco. It was my birthday, my 30th birthday. I wanted to look spiffy for dinner. Had a haircut appointment. I was off work, and in San Francisco, they have signs on every street that's like, no parking, Monday and Wednesdays, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then on the other side, literally on the other side of the street, same street, it'll be no parking, Wednesdays and Thursdays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., and then the next road over, it's no parking, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., et cetera, et cetera, because of the street sweeper things. You have to always be paying attention. And I was out, it was like 10.30 or something, I was out early, so I just, there were parking spots, and I, I wasn't paying attention, I was like, oh, well cool, it's early in the day still, or whatever, people just aren't out, it's a weekday, but I should have known. Word to the wise, if you're in San Francisco and you see actual parking spots, be suspicious. It's not easy to park in San Francisco. So I got a ticket there, and then this, this was, this is my third parking ticket I'm a fourth ticket overall so that's you know part of it was that like you know <laughs> I'm a law-abiding citizen god it! um yeah and then like I said the uh thing of just like no matter what I was saying like he he didn't care about what the right thing to do in that situation was he just cared like he decided to write the ticket and he was gonna write it and well I don't want to back down to this big guy Ugh. so that's what pissed me off but, uh, you know, I guess I got my money's worth in his face when I reached the point where he wasn't going to listen to me, you know, and he just, he wanted to just write the ticket. He was just being an ass, wouldn't speak to me. And so I just paused for like two beats. I'm just like, man, f*** you. And then his face was, was hilarious. So, let's see. But yeah, what made me mad the other day was, um, or yesterday, last night, I guess, I was at, not proud to say it, people, I was at Walmart. It happens sometimes. I don't go to Walmart very often. In fact, I've gone years without stepping foot inside of a Walmart. I don't hate Walmart. I just choose not, I don't like going there, you know? And, um, I went there, I needed to get some, like, shipping supplies. It was the only thing open because it was, like, 1 o'clock, and it was, like, 1230. So a little after midnight and I get my stuff and I go to get in line and the line is ridiculously long excuse me ridiculously long because they only have one lane open for the entire Walmart and there's a lot of people in there surprisingly because it was late but um there's like at least 20 at least 20 people in line probably more than that and I'm in the back of the line and people are complaining and saying you know like, I get annoyed because so many, we feel, like, entitled to, like, not have to wait for anything. And it just, it bugs me. You know, people's, like, the way, the, how much people get angry about minor inconveniences that, like, they feel like they have to, like, create a little picket line and take up the mantle of social justice or whatever. It just irritates the shit out of me. So, um, I'm standing there in line and people are grumbling. Oh, this, they said they were going to have somebody up here and blah, blah. And this lady, a couple people in front of me, steps out of the line, takes out her cell phone, and she turns on the Facebook Live feature, which you may have seen before. And she starts talking, like, really loudly, and, you know, she's like, I'm here at the Walmart! It's so annoying. I'm here at the Walmart on University and Atlantic Avenue, and as you can see, they only have one lane open for all these people, and it's unacceptable, and... They only have lane 11 open. She literally said the number of the lane like that, man. We only have lane 11 open. And everybody here has had to wait. Right? And she's like circling around, like like videotaping the line of people. And it just annoyed me. Because it's just like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it sucks. But you know, to speak, speak to a person. If It's fine if, if an employee walks by to say, hey, excuse me, do you know if they're gonna open another lane up or something? But it's, it, there's no reason to make such a huge deal like you know like it needs to go viral on social media because you had to wait line for 20 minutes so i just i just decided i wanted to to like she was annoying me and i was going to annoy her um and so yeah i guess i'm i'm getting testier or this my old age i'm an old man what so when she pans around to me i go lady don't film me 
Hey, don't film me. Red light camera reported ahead. I don't, I don't know why that's what, I, I just like, because she was being like louder and aggressive, but I knew I couldn't just, you know, I, I didn't want to just be like, hey lady, knock it off. Because then it's gonna be like, you know, some big huge deal. But I was like, all right, you can, you, you can get away with being like, my privacy, <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, lady, don't film me. And she like takes the phone down and then she, she, she gets him back in line in, in a second. She's like, I mean, I didn't film your face. And it's like, well, yeah, you did. Cause you were, you were spinning the camera around filming the whole line. But and I don't even really care about being filmed. Lord knows I like attention, but I just wanted to mess with her. And the lady next to me in line tells her, she goes like, the lady's like, you know, the first lady says, I, I mean, I didn't film your face or anything. The lady next to me says, don't worry about it. And uh, that irritated me too, because like she's saying, don't worry about me. You better, you better recognize who you're talking to. You better worry about me, heifer. So I was like, so lady, don't speak for yourself. Don't speak for me. And so I pissed her off. And so I'm just pissing everybody off in line. But I got her to stop videotaping. Um, I'm sure like most of the people in line were, were, were like, oh, this douchebag, especially because, you know, I don't care about these things. I don't care about race. I mean, race matters because it, it matters because we have decided it matters. But I mean, it doesn't matter to me. But I was the only white person in this store, I realized, like, as I'm looking around, like, after I've said this, you know, uh, that I'm literally the only white guy, like, all the, as far as the staff and employees, uh, staff and employees, staff and customers, and I'm like, oh, well, I think that made it a little more awkward, because it was like, I became like the angry white man <laughs> stereotype of like, hey, you're invading my privacy, don't film me, but I just wanted to, to f with her, so I don't know, am I, am I getting too grumpy, am I getting too testy, I just like to think that I like to speak my mind about things sometimes, and I'm not afraid of uh, confrontation as much as I maybe was in the past tell you man one thing about when you do something like driving for lift which i know it sounds like i spend my entire life driving for a lift but i don't it's just when i'm in the car this is when my brain stop, starts thinking about stuff you know what i would want to say on a podcast or whatever you don't realize how many how hard it is to find places to like go to the bathroom man i gotta you know you gotta pee so many places especially in south florida so many gas stations and stuff oh i don't we don't have and you know they do any standalone building has to have a bathroom by by code. At least that's what I've been told by people. And especially, you know, if you're out late. Like, I'm out. It's 12.05 in the morning right now. And I am out. Um, so, yeah, I just pulled into, the, like, the loading dock behind the, whatever this is, a Publix or something. And just, like, took a piss in the <laughs> loading dock area. And it's hard in the middle of the night to find a place to go to the bathroom, man. Oh. <sighs> getting choked up not because of the bathroom but i'm just thinking about my colleagues here at the dbn network and the hard work <clears throat> the hard work they've put into this my my brothers in arms so let's let's talk about the browns <sighs> you know i it's gonna be hopefully this won't be too long of a spiel 15 minutes or so I do worry about Hugh Jackson. The re what worries me is is more that I feel like, and I've said this since the RG3 thing, I don't think he, he you know, people talk about him as being like a QB whisperer. I don't know that he is, and I don't think he has the best taste in quarterbacks. Um, and that that's worrisome to a degree. And the other thing that worries me, you know, I was talking with Easy Weave about you and and easy's not as worried about the game management stuff as some other things what worries me about it or is not so much that like it's this thing that's killing us it's that it, it to me it shows a larger issue of like panicking under pressure and like not like not thinking clearly because Hugh Jackson has been in football a long time he knows how to manage a clock like he knows game situations so it's not that he doesn't, he has no idea what he should be doing. It's that he's making the wrong calls. He's not executing properly. And whether you're talking about the quarterback or the head coach, that is that is worrisome to me. You know, part of being 
a head coach is being a game manager in baseball they call it a game they call it a game manager and because uh, they don't really i mean it's baseball you don't really coach you just kind of manage the game and in football there's a lot of game management and a lot of coaches i think you know f- screw it up a lot and i think that just because i think they i think there's the old the old school you would want to say i guess you could say i mean the old school coach football coach who i think a lot of them aren't it's gonna sound terrible i think a lot of them aren't super bright like they have been coaching their whole lives because they love football and like they they understand the game of football better than i ever could but like as far as just like you know it's like like mike mccarthy he i think he's not that bright like he's always like throwing these like terrible like challenge flags I was watching a thing the other day. He threw a challenge flag at some point, and, like, Jordy Nelson, like, ran over and picked it up before the rest could see it and, like, hit it because he was like, hmm, I didn't catch that or whatever it was. Like, guys that, like, panic and just, like, throw out challenge flag, flags. <laughs> what is a flag? Challenge flags. Guys that, like, screw up, like, game clock management at the end of halves and the end of games. That shit worries me because I feel like with the old school guys, they are more focused on you know like the overall being the head coach of the team you know like like i think hugh jackson is like the pastor of the browns does that make sense i feel like he's the guy that like he's he's over the he's over the things like the like if the browns are a church he's the pastor the players can come to him they feel comfortable with him they feel like they can talk to him that he understands them and you know he wants to do things a certain way he wants to implement run his scheme but I don't think you know I don't think he's like I think like a younger guy who's who's a head coach who maybe didn't come up who came up through like the college ranks or something so he came up in a a more progressive you know open-minded whatever however you want to put it system or coaching environment I feel like they would a lot of times I feel like they are they are better at mentally processing the game because they've approached it from more of and this isn't to say like all coaches should be like analytics guys but i'm just saying they approach it with more of a analytical uh, they approach it with more of an analytical approach that's a bad sentence but and that's what i liked about mike petton i'm not saying we should have kept mike petton he was cool under pressure and i appreciated that about him that he could keep calm Anybody, that, you know, all the people want to get rid of him. I mean, you know, are, are the same people now. Like, oh, or the people, well, half the people that were so excited about getting Hugh Jackson and were, you know, like, well, it was worth getting rid of Petten to get Jackson and wanted to fire Petten. Now they just all, half those same people all want to fire Jackson. And I'm not saying at one in 23 in two years that Jackson should have, you know, complete job security, especially if he's been doing things to kind of undermine the front office, which we don't know. And, you know, if he was really pushing about A.J. McCarron and the Sashi or somebody or whoever had to kind of bungle it up to save us from the bungles, fleecing us. Whoops, that was my, my lift app going off. I had a passenger. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, I think coaches, the old school coaches are looked at as being like these like stoic, you know, guys because they're tough and old school but I think really a lot of a lot of the old school guys. That's why they why they can they can make mistakes um, with you know being in, like, an, too much of an emotional response to situations and games. It's because they're used to coaching with a lot of emotion in this you know in the sense of being fiery at times to motivate the guys or you know to get this point across like. Yeah, they, they they coach even though you think of them as like stoic they actually are very i think a lot of them are very emotional and i think that clouds their judgment with a lot of these decisions whereas the more new school guys i think are like i said a little more analytical a little able to separate these things and i think i like i could you know i'll talk about kaiser in a minute you know i guarantee i, w- I would bet money that sashi 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 um, that he would be more, I think he would be more patient with like a development with, of a 21 year old rookie than a, you know, Hugh or, or a traditional coach would be. Um, 
and I, I think I think that hurts Hugh and some other coaches. Like, I think <laughs> I think I'm as good. <laughs> I could be as good of a head coach of the Green Bay Packers as Mike McCarthy is. I swear to God. Now I'm not saying I could win Super Bowls. You know, I'm not saying I'm I'm as smart as Bill Belichick. I'm saying I know enough about football that like I could not it up and I could stay out of their way and let Aaron Rodgers do his thing and manage people. Not saying I'd be super successful, but I think I could be as successful as they've been over the last five years. They have one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever watched play, and yet they make bad decisions year after year, and they've needed to fire Dom Capers for so long, and they just won't do it because that's like the old school, I don't know. I mean, sometimes they will fire coordinators and stuff, but so that that concerns me about Hugh is that I think he's a little too emotional in, in his way, and I think he makes bad decisions un, uh, under pressure sometimes. Which brings me to Kaiser. Now I've not watched all of the games. I've been watching them. I've been watching the condensed version. I have watched all of them except for the Tennessee game and whatever game was right before that. And I've I've only watched parts of the Vikings game. I haven't watched the whole thing. Now, people are talking about Kaiser as if he looks dog shit, completely lost out there, don't know what he's doing, throwing the worst passes you've ever seen. I don't know, do you guys not remember what it was like watching Johnny Manziel? If you think Kaiser looks like just a, a complete train wreck that's unsalvageable, I, I'm sick of Browns fans... All right, I'm about to give you another talking to. I'm sick of Browns fans acting like because the team has been bad for a long time, they have to see the the, the turnaround results immediately or we have to move on. Kaiser's 21 years old. A little science lesson for you. At 21 years old, your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. It's not fully developed until 25 or thereabouts. Your prefrontal cortex, if you don't know, controls your rational thinking and decision making. Literally, Kaiser, he's making some bad decisions because literally his brain is not fully developed. And I'm not saying that excuses bad football play. Don't come at me with that bullshit. Oh, so you're saying he can just suck and but No, I'm saying the fact that the Browns have been bad for so long does not change how long it takes people to progress as players, as coaches, as front offices. If they bring in a whole new, they, last year they brought in a whole new front office. I mean, you could say Sashi's been here, but he hasn't been in that, but they brought in a whole new front office, a whole new approach, new head coach, all these things. And whether they're coaching and doing all that for the Browns, who've been bad for 15, 17 years, or they're doing it for or excuse me, or they're coaching and running the Seahawks or the Patriots or whoever it is, the Texans, you know, somebody that's mediocre, whatever. It takes the same amount of time to correct a bad... If a team becomes bad and they have a bad roster and they fire everybody and bring in new people, it, it doesn't matter if the team was good three years ago or good 20 years ago. It takes the same amount of time, and I feel like Browns fans think, a lot of Browns fans think, because they have, quote, been patient for years, which I don't think you really, have you been on DBN and looked at Facebook? Browns fans aren't patient. <laughs> a few are. For the most part, you, you you say they you say the same shit every year about how we need to throw the guy in the fire, find out if it's not him, move on. It's not him, move on. Oh, they 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 made one bad evaluation of a quarterback, one bad evaluation of a player. We got to get rid of him and bring somebody else in. You're doing the exact same thing, asking for the exact same thing that you're you're killing Jimmy Haslam for, and you don't see the hypocrisy in it, and it's irritating. And, and you're douchey. A lot, a lot of those fans have been so douchey lately. With like, oh, so I can't wait to hear what the Hugh apologists have to say. Like being so passive aggressive and like dismissive. Like, oh, well, if you if you have an opinion that differs than mine, I can just lump you into this group of an apologist and then just discount your thing because I don't like having to think hard and considering other people's arguments. So you know, there's been a lot of douchiness on both sides of these arguments, and stop being douchey. 
If you can't stop being douchey, it means you're a fucking douche. So Kaiser, he has not looked great, but he has not looked like somebody that can't develop into a quarterback. He, he looks like somebody you cannot tell yet. You cannot tell a 21-year-old rookie who's made some okay plays, has made some bad decisions, who's had some horrible wide receiver plays, some really bad drops. He's thrown some bad interceptions that are on him. He's... You know, he's done some all right things. He's he's overthrown some throws, which I think young guys that come in the league and they have strong arms, I think when they I think they overthrow people at first a little bit. It takes them a little while to adjust. You know, they the windows are so small in the NFL and they see an open player and they think, shit, I gotta get it to him and they have the arm strength to do it and so and they're used to relying on that arm strength and they overthrow it a little bit. And I think over time they will get better at that. I'm not saying Kaiser is is should be you know we should just wait till he's 30 years old like we can't know for 10 years if he's going to be the guy. I'm saying when you draft a guy and start playing him at 21 years old, the third youngest guy to start week one in NFL history, when you do that, you are accepting that it, that you can't write the guy off after eight games. If if you don't do that, then you're a fucking idiot to start him and and uh, you know. And or draft him. I mean, he didn't go in the first round for a reason. Kaiser wasn't a top of the draft pick. He has a lot of the tools that you look for. He's made some all right decisions with some throws and with like running the ball and getting down and not take hits. I mean, he's not RG3 getting just demolished on plays when he should, you know, be avoiding hits. I mean, sometimes he'll learn when he can, when he can pick up a few extra yards and when he needs to get down. I mean, he's used his size to get into the end zone. Um, you know, to pick up some first downs. He's also gone down so he doesn't take hits. He's thrown some good passes. Um, he's, you know, he's, he stares down the receivers a lot. I mean, he's had a few times where it's so bad that he stares down the receiver. But those are things that a 21-year-old rookie is going to, to have to learn, and you can't expect them to have to show without a doubt this guy's our guy within eight games or we gotta fire everybody for picking this guy oh my god and move on you're a baby if you think that i'm not saying you're a baby if you don't like hugh jackson or you don't like kaiser or you don't like sashi i'm not saying that i'm saying if you have this mentality of every time a guy makes one mistake or has a two bad games in a row as a rookie like oh well he's obviously not the guy we gotta fire the coach that, that coached him and the gm that picked him Look, Bill Belichick misses on players. Ted Thompson misses on players. Uh, the GM for whoever, I don't know their names, GM for the Seahawks, whatever, they miss on players. You just don't know about it or you don't think about it as much because they have their quarterback. And they've missed on quarterbacks too. They've missed on guys that they've picked to be like, you know, the next whatever. But when you have a franchise guy, that gives you 10 years of not having to hit on that most important position. But they have had misses. And if you want to fire a coach or a GM because they miss on one evaluation, you're a idiot. I, I will not step back from that statement. You And I know some people think this, like, oh, they miss on the quarterbacks, the most important thing, get rid of them. You're a idiot if you think that. You have no idea how the world works. <laughs> All right? Your so, head is so far up your ass. We will never have sustained success if we fire people for making one big mistake or one bad evaluation on a critical thing. That's part of, just as Kaiser has to learn, if somebody's a brand new GM or brand new VP of football, whatever the fuck his title is, when when you're the new guy picking, picking players, making mistakes is part of learning to do better next time. When you're the coach, making a bad game plan or whatever is part of getting better for next time you, you can't expect everything because we've been bad you don't the Browns don't deserve a winner because we've been bad for so long they don't they don't deserve a winner the Patriots don't deserve a winner because they've been good for so long the only time you deserve to win is when you play better than the other team and you coach better than the other team and see that goes back too to like the sorry about you know things that worry me with coaches like panic. I think a lot of the old school coaches are wrapped up in this idea that you know of the old way quote old way of doing it is you spend you know your entire like they just you just get into it's just habits doing what you think you're supposed to do spending 
you know, 90 hours, 100 hours in a week in the office watching film, going up game plans, blah, blah, blah. And it's, everybody else is doing the same thing. And I'm not saying you don't, you shouldn't put in lots of work, but there are better ways to do things in some cases in certain, with certain aspects of coaching. Just like there's better ways to do things with certain aspects of, of your job. I mean, think about if you, you put yourself, people can't, they, people don't want to admit that football players and these coaches that they deserve the time to implement things based on what they tell us. All right. Haslam and Deep Podesta and Hugh Jackson, whoever, when they were all, when Haslam brought them in, they said, this is not going to be something we fixed in two seasons. Deep Podesta, Deep Podesta, I don't know how you say his name. When he had like a press conference, they asked him something about what, you know, he had asked Haslam for, and he, or what he had told Haslam, and he said he, he wanted ha- to know from Haslam, are you going to be able to go on the roller coaster with me? If there's going to be ups and downs, if if we're not where we want to be in a year, are you going to, you know, freak out and fire me? Like, basically, do you, are you going to give me the time that I, and, and that is perfectly fair. I think it is fair to, if you say this is going to take three years, then you don't freak out in year one when they, when they fuck something up. Because they've made it clear that it's going to take three years. You hold people accountable for what they say they're going to do. And just because you've been waiting for so long for something doesn't change that trajectory or that, you know, that time frame. It just doesn't. It doesn't work like that. And to try to force it is how you end up staying sucky. Do you not understand that? Trying to force... Oh, well, he, if he's not the answer, we got to move on now because we've been bad. we got to move on. That's how you stay sucky. And that's why we stayed... That's be part of why we stayed sucky, stupid! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, give... I'm not saying Kaiser's the guy. I'm saying give his brain a chance to fully develop people. His brain don't work too good. No, but, I mean, he's he's done some good things, some bad things. More bad than good, probably. But he's where you would expect a 21-year-old rookie to be. And if, if you don't see that, then then you are... Your expectations are outside of reality. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's talk about that real quick. A lot of people are freaking out about that or are pissed. I guess it kind of changed a little bit because then there was the A.J. McCarron thing. So that kind of... That kind of uh, overtook the the Garoppolo news and then now there's the Josh Gordon news which I refuse to be excited about Josh Gordon alright I'm not doing that to myself I don't know why you people you people I don't know why you people are, are just acting like elated now that, oh this makes the whole thing better with everything else no it doesn't no it doesn't Josh, and Josh Gordon does not exist to me until he is there for longer than half a season or a season like he doesn't I don't care about Josh Gordon I don't hate the guy doesn't matter to me if he smokes weed or not or whatever or gets I mean it doesn't matter if he gets DUIs that's stupid but you know I I don't have anything against the guy but I'm not gonna care about his status right now um so Garoppolo you know we're oh we're so mad that you know we didn't get him and that you know he's so much better than anything we have and I liked Garoppolo coming out. I did. I, I, I the let the record show. Go go back and research that crap somehow. I liked Garoppolo that year. Uh, he wasn't my number one guy. My number one guy was Derek Carr. And then I liked I liked Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Garoppolo, Bortles, and then whoever else was in the draft. All those people. And then Johnny Manziel last. Um. But the thing people seem to be ignoring in this is you know a lot of times Garoppolo may be great he may be a hall of fame quarterback who knows but a lot of the times when you see guys that that were backups on good teams and they they come a lot of times those guys end up sucking you know they have been put in a position to succeed as a backup they've been playing for a good team you know if you're Garoppolo or you're uh, Matt Castle or um what was it like Matt Schaub when he was in uh, Atlanta? You know, guys that have been the backup, they've been a backup for three years. You know, Aaron Rodgers, three years, four years, five. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just, he's Aaron Rodgers, but you know what I'm saying. They've been a backup for two years, three years, four years. They don't have to play that much. They, I mean, Garoppolo has barely played. Um, and he's looked good, but 
he's been in the same offensive system for those two years, three years, whatever it is, three years, I guess. He, so even if you're the backup and you're not taking reps with the first team, if you've been in the same system for several years, like you know the system, you know the offense. When he does go into the game, he's not really being relied on to carry the team to victory. Like Kaiser is playing for a bad team. So his mistakes are magnified because we can't overcome them for the most part with the rest of our team. We have some players that are making some plays. We've we've had some good offensive line play. We've had some good defensive line play. We've had some decent play in the secondary. I mean, not really, not from Peppers, but from, you know, the corners. And, and we've had some, some decent uh, some decent contributions from guys in, the, in, in Joku, how do you say his name, and some other people, DeVal. We've had some guys that look like they can contribute, but we haven't had anybody that's, that you think, you know, can we don't have a roster that we can overcome a quarterback being bad. But that doesn't mean we have to get rid of a quarterback if he's bad right away. All right, let me backtrack on that. Not backtrack, but let me reemphasize that. But when Garoppolo comes into play, he's coming into play for a Super Bowl caliber football team in limited action with a with an offense that he's been working in for a year and a half or two and a half years, whatever it is, you know, when, when he has to get in. Like I said, he's, if you're coming in for Tom Brady, you're not expected to be Tom Brady. You're expected, in, if you're playing for the Patriots when they're really good, you're just expected to hold down the fort and run an offense that you've been working on for two years and the coach knows your strengths and weaknesses because he's been, you know, coaching you for two years with the second team, three years, whatever it is, you're put in a pretty good position to succeed. If you're a rookie and you're starting right away, you're not put in a very good position to succeed. If you're picked for a bad team and you have to start right away and you're young, so young guys are going to make mistakes. They have to learn through trial and error about when, you know, how the the internal I mean some guys come in with a better internal clock in their head and a better feel for things but for the most part pretty much every quarterback when they come in has to learn how to fit balls into windows how how quickly they have to get rid of the ball when they got to get down so they don't take a huge hit because guys are faster etc all these things they have to learn through trial and error and young guys make more mistakes it, because they don't have the experience and because they're young like I said the man's brain ain't developed so when you look at someone like Kaiser and put your, you know, take your head out of your ass and put yourself in his shoes, even in, in your job, I mean, say you enter, enter, say you're an uh, office manager at Inc. Incorporated, get it? Cause it's like Inc. Inc. You're an office manager at Inc. Incorporated and you enter into the Inc. Inc. draft and you're 21 years old and you don't know which city you're going to you get picked oh i got picked by seattle i'm going to seattle you go there you're you're meeting all these new people you're being you're you're trying to learn this new offense you haven't been you know doing your job for that long you're a young guy you have you know hopefully guys don't pay that much attention to what people are saying but it's 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 impossible for them to not see what's being said about them to some extent they're getting trashed a lot you know, because they're playing on a bad team and they're making mistakes and they're they're losing games and you know, and you're say you're you're expected to be one of the thirty two best Inc. Incorporated office managers in the world within five months of you starting or three months. I mean, if you're counting the actual like season, like two months of the actual football season, but you know, if we're say we're counting the off season, five months of you taking over the job or people are like, let's get rid of his ass because he's obviously not the guy. You're going to say, look, I'm 21 years old. I'm just starting. To, I've only been doing this for a few years. Like I've got a lot of growing to do. I feel like I can do the job, but I'm going to have to learn some things. So if you don't understand that, I think you're un, you're unreasonable because you feel like you're, you've been this diehard fan that is stuck with the team. You deserve success because I've been patient. I've waited all these years, and I don't got time to wait around for freaking Kaiser. How, how do you say it? Is it Deshaun? Deshaun? I don't even know how to say his first name. I don't have time to wait around for Kaiser or Cody Kessler or Hugh Jackson or Sashi to figure it out. They missed on a quarterback, or they missed on this. They screwed up that. Get rid of them. Bring the next guys in. And then you're going to be saying the same shit 
when they make one mistake, because everybody makes mistakes. Bill Belichick makes mistakes. Aaron Rodgers makes mistakes. TJ Watt makes mistakes. You know? Jesus. So to recap what we've talked about today, let's summarize. Be respectful to police. Be respectful to everybody, but demand respect in return. I think that is how we should operate. I don't let people treat me like shit. I will say something. I will say, you're not going to treat me like that. Police officers d- deserve our cooperation. We should work with them. We should understand that they have a difficult job. They have a lot of stress on them. But we don't live in a police state. They are not in a military occupying force. They are our police. Their job is to enforce laws and protect the public and serve for the common good, blah, 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 protect and serve. So when, whenever, when someone says, if you just do what the police tell you, you're not going to have a problem. That is not a healthy mentality for a free country, a free society. Oh, just do what people tell you without needing to know what is going on. That is a slippery slope, people. The police, they need to say, if there's an issue, here's the issue. Okay. And then go from there. Not just, I'm going to refuse to speak. Like, I'm a, I'm the cop here. I'm the I'm the adult here. You you know, it's that same. It's going back to that of, like, when your parents or somebody else or your coach or someone would just be like, why, why do you need to? Because I said so. Because I'm in charge of you. Well, the police aren't in charge of us. We don't work for them. They work for us. Right? The government works for the people. Supposedly. <laughs> so, be deme- you know, demand to be treated with respect. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm not saying this is like I'm some kind of badass. I, I mean, I'm just saying it because I know myself and I've seen the way I've responded to these things lately. I've been angry. That, you know, if a police officer is telling me to you know do something without me understanding why he's telling me to do it and what's going on he wants to like i'm gonna be pissed and i'm probably gonna end up getting arrested and getting the beat out of me because i can tell you right now the way i've been reacting lately to confrontation i'm gonna escalate this (laughs) so and quit being whiny about minor inconveniences in your life If, if if you're in line and there's something going on you don't need to turn it into a social protest that needs to be, you know, trending on Twitter or some something stupid. It's just grow up, put on your big boy pants, and be like, you know, when when an employee walks by, if you want to say something, and don't be shitty to them. All right, I've worked in customer service, lots of jobs in customer service. It sucks, and a lot of times they they don't understand the problem, and they've already said to the manager, "We need somebody out here," or "We don't have enough people to take care of this." Whatever. So a lot of the times they understand the issue. It's fine to say, "Hey." Um, there's a lot of people in this line. Are they going to open up another register? Do you know? That's fine. But to just be smarmy or shit to them. No. And just all things. And all things. Stop being... Do- don't be douchey. Don't be douchey. Be respectful. Be kind. And yeah, I kind of shit on people and stuff. But it comes from a place of love. And with the Browns, it'd be great if things would turn around tomorrow. But you know what? We're not going to be good tomorrow. And firing Hugh or firing Sashi or, or dem, dem, demoting de, 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 demoting Kaiser or whatever is not going to make us better tomorrow. In fact, it's just going to prolong the process to getting back to this point where they somebody makes a mistake again. And then we say, let's get rid of them. Bring the next person. See how long it takes them to make a mistake. And then we flip out and try to fire them. That doesn't mean you just sit and wait and say it doesn't matter how many mistakes people make. Hugh Jackson... Is, is done a bad job you can't say he's done a great job there's no way there's no argument that you can make to really support that he may be doing some things right he may be doing some things good that we don't you know don't see the results of he may be doing an okay job but you can't say he's been doing a really good job or we won't be one in 23 under his leadership regardless of of um the way he feels about quarterbacks that we have or that we, he didn't get to have I mean, he got to have rg3 that didn't work out so and with the team in general just understand that you don't deserve 
to have a winner because we've been bad for 10 years in the sense of like, well, we've been bad. I've waited all this time. So we deserve this. And I'm not going to give these people the same amount of time as they would get in any other situation in the same, in the same, um, in the same situation. You know, if they say it's going to take this long for them to implement what they hope to accomplish, then that's what we judge them on. Not on our own arbitrary emotional responses to things that said we do have the right to voice our opinion and we can say this is and we want to hold you accountable to what you've said and that's fine but not to just feel like you know we have to know like immediately within eight games of a rookie year if a guy is is the answer or not or then we're wasting our time oh god and i don't i mean kaiser may develop into something and i don't if we draft another cube if we draft lamar jackson or whoever great if we don't like depending on yeah depending on how the year ends then uh, that that can change because there's always new data coming in you have to make decisions based on the current situation not on what you are you know what you're reacting to based on what you think should have should have happened or because you don't know the whole story you're never gonna know the whole story behind these things I mean the AJ McCarron thing, Jesus. But we don't know the whole story. And yeah, I, I don't. I understand being pissed off if like we could have gotten Garoppolo and we didn't, and then we tried to get AJ McCarron for the same compensation or, or even more compensation, whatever it is. I understand being pissed about that because I'm that pisses me off. But we don't know that we could have gotten Garoppolo. He could have easily said, "I'm not going to Cleveland." We don't know. We're never going to know the full story of things. So jumping to conclusions doesn't do anybody any good anyway i hope you have enjoyed this episode i really appreciate i do appreciate you listening this has been a manly by nature here on the dbn network i hope that you will leave me uh, some uh feedback on the article on dogs by nature and leave me some questions that you want to answer so i can uh, do that i I love doing like q a type stuff i always find that fun if you want to follow me on social media, it's at Hosway Artwork on Instagram and Twitter. That's J-O-S-U-E Artwork. And thank you for listening to the DBN Network. Check out the other shows and listen to my show when I put more out. All right, have a good one. Now you're a mile! A mile, mile! Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.